Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 25th episode of the Tribor Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Alonzo. I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas O'Brien. How you doing? Happy New Year! Happy New Year! We're going to say that two more times. So, yeah. we're trying something new where we're pretty much doing the intro first, just seeing how it is so we can be more like specific, all that. And something that has been bugging me throughout the entire recording that I never asked, that's your ring for the Spider-Man thing, right? They have on your wrist? Oh, this? Yes. Yes. Okay, that's, that's what I thought. It's been bugging me for the last like hour, just trying to decide if that's what it was. Um. Yeah, now all you guys are going to do is look at Nick's hands when the episode's going on. Um, yeah, exactly. Pay attention. Look, at, look for this. <laughs> this is your indicator. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, but pretty good episode overall. There wasn't much big things to talk about. More so, like, a lot of, nah. like, small things talked about. Right. Talked about a new thing. We're trying New Year's re- resolutions, where I think they're usually bullshit, but I think in a situation like this, it's interesting to talk about. Um, right, for sure. Definitely had some interesting ones. I dropped a name on Nick he did not expect. Oh, and yeah. I laugh at Nick about Harrison Bader signing with the Mets. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I got nothing else to say for the intro. You got anything? I got nothing else. Hope you guys enjoy. Into the Bronx. Choo choo! Now entering the Bronx. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bronx. I don't know why Nick is wearing that slanderous, sacrilegious colors in my section. It is my turn. It's my turn. Are you ready for the reveal of a century? Yeah. Not not, not even a Mets t-shirt. Oh. Did you do that on purpose? No. I I saw that in the hat. I'm like, oh, this asshole's wearing like... "Eh." This is a Mets hat. Yeah, okay. This is a Mets hat. I was like, oh, this sort of a... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... Anyways. Hope you all had a happy new year. I hope um, your balls dropped. I meant you watched the ball drop. Um, I mean... I mean... New year. New year things. Um, So... The Yankees, not anything big really happened. Yeah. More so like just small stuff, housekeeping stuff. They claim Bubba Thompson off waivers from the Reds. He is a 25-year-old former first-round pick. His numbers are god-awful. They are. But he does one thing he extremely is well. He 100th percentile in speed. He is really fast. I don't see them and keeping that's him. That's it. I, I, just, I think it's one of those things where like just filling out the 40-man roster. Right, because now they also did make other moves. Now the forty man roster is set, so it's just one of those things. Filling out the forty man roster, a lot of these guys aren't even going to be on the team when it actually right. like everything is said and done. The other one was they signed Cody Poteet. I don't know how to say his name, but I'm actually excited for this one. It. Um, he had a three eight six ERA in twenty eight innings in twenty twenty two. He missed. He had one two-inning appearance in 2023 because he missed most of it because of Tommy John surgery. The thing that stood out to me, a 52.4 ground ball percentage. If anyone knows Matt Blake and his specialty, he loves ground balls. So that's the type of guy that he will make nothing into something. So that really doesn't interest me. He also averaged 90. He had about 94 and a half mile an hour um, on his fastball four-pitch mix, so 
Could be a pretty interesting Solid. reliever. Right. That's really it that I have for just housekeeping. Nothing much. Just a right. story that I saw. So correct me if I'm wrong, but when they do like prospects and rating, it's out of eighty. Yeah, I believe so. I want you to well, guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I yeah. want you to guess what Spencer Jones was rated as as an athlete. Judging by the way you're portraying this, I'm going to say 80. Yes. <laughs> that wow. is absurd to be 6'7 and be an 80 grade, the max grade athlete. That is just. I, That's huge. They're hyping like, him up so much that I think one of two things happens. He is either mm-hmm. in the untouchable area right now or he's getting hyped up because they're going to trade him. I right, think th- right. those are the only two. He's either the next untouchable prospect or he's just untradeable. Yeah, there's no in between. There, there really is none. And I said this in an earlier episode. If you can lock up Soto long term and you have an outfield of a uh, combination of one DHing and like them rotating out of Dominguez, Jones, Soto, and Judge, I don't see how anyone even has close to as good of an outfield as you. Like I, yeah. if all of them live up to their potential, I think that's like an all-time Hall of Fame level outfield. Like I, that's. that's I mean, yeah, I, it, it's hard to put into words. Having Spencer how, Jones as your fourth outfielder, right? If he lives right. up to his potential, when people have been saying that he has unbelievable power numbers from the left side, right? I honestly big dream. But. I could see, yeah, no, no, big dream, one hundred percent. I can see the pro. I think realistically, what they do is if they extend Soto, is that they also give him a lot of reps at first. Because Soto or no, Jones? no, 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 Jones. Okay, okay. That um, makes no, 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 my my bad. I'm just saying if they extend yeah, yeah, yeah. Soto, then right, you give right. Jones a lot more reps at first. Yep. Um, okay. Just because it's one of those things of people are saying like. Wells, before he came up, they're like, oh, I don't know how the defense is. Probably going to be a long-term first baseman. His defense right. was incredible. You're not moving him from catcher unless there's some sort of, like, injury or, like, what was Joe Maurer's situation? It was, like, injury and age, right? Most injuries, yeah. Unless something like that yeah, happens. Both. And that's, like, long-term down the road. You're not moving him off. Right. And you really yeah. don't – because odds are Rizzo, like, opts out. Or, like, Rizzo right. may not be back next year. So, could be your long-term first baseman. Something to keep an right. eye on. Then getting into more rumors, because rumors are fun. Love that. So, God forbid this market moves. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. Harrison Vader. Right. Start. Harrison Vader started. Was I wrong? I did not lie. When he, he was the catalyst. When he signed, a lot of people signed within the next couple days. We'll get more into that in Queens. There was a text. Um so, <laughs> kind of like the two big guys that are still on the market for free agency-wise is Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell. So, Jordan Montgomery, there's a lot of conflicting reports on him, but big time. I think that a lot of them are BS. And mm-hmm. then the negative ones, just because the guys that have said the negative things were Randy Miller, and I forget the other two, but Randy Miller is known for just being, like, not accurate whatsoever. But the people that linked... Montgomery in a positive way to the Yankees. Jeff Passan, Ken Rosenthal, Jack Hurry. And that, that's kind of like your holy trinity. The trio. That's I like, mean, honestly, for the, for the Yankees. Yankees, you just need Curry to say it. You just need Curry. But 
And so there was a hot stove. We're recording this on Friday. Yesterday, Thursday night, there was a hot stove at 6.30 on Yes Network, um, where Jack Curry just talked about how the Yankees wanted innings. And then he said, like, a reunion, like, based off people he was talking to, Yankee officials, all that. So that was, like, not – I don't want to say likely, but they could see it happening in a in a realistic scenario. Mm-hmm. And then when it came to Snell, they were, like – not they were like downplaying him a lot. They were saying that he was good, but he had like a big injury history. Like I think he said, yeah, he has two Cy Youngs, but in the four years between them, he has a five point nine WAR. So that's like that is kind of a way to put it. That's the the Blake Snell experience. That's what like I think. I just don't think his personality would work in New York. Personally, I think mm-hmm. Jordan Montgomery is one of those guys I talked about. Like, you know, he could play in New York. And he's just developed more and more as a pitcher. And I think that would have, regardless of would have been like, oh, he stays in New York. I think if he stayed in New York, he still would have been a better pitcher. Because mm-hmm. there is a thing like his type, like that crafty lefty, it does take them a couple of years to like learn how to actually pitch. And he's gotten better right. every and every, every year after every year. Because they usually say like 28, 29, he's 30 years old. Right. It's a late bloomer. It happens. So I, I just, I don't see. I think that he is I said I think I said this last episode, but if his name is not Jordan Montgomery, everyone would want him so badly. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of those things of like I think the reason he's taking so long is he's Boris, right? I'm not dumb. I believe so. Is because he's I Boris. Both of them are. Yeah, they bo- I know Snell is for sure. Yeah. And that's why I think what's happening with Snell is I think that he's just Boris is throwing out is throwing the Yankees in there just to Right drive up the price because i think they alluded to that on hot stove i didn't watch it but i saw like a lot of like quotes and stuff like that but they were kind of like mentioning that like it could have been negotiation thing thrown in the yankees right um right so i think that jordan montgomery is a big possibility i think that it's definitely i think they're the favorites i could be wrong on that but i personally i think they're the favorites then yeah. blake snell i don't i just don't see it happen. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it either. And I, I think just for the market as a whole, especially the trades that happened today, I think tells you a lot about how teams view this market mm-hmm. and specifically Montgomery and Snell. Because you have people like the Giants who need uh, pitchers trading for Robbie Ray, who's missing half the year, instead of paying up for Jordan Montgomery. Who also has an injury Snell. history that's not a guarantee that he's coming back. Right. And, right. and, and another thing with um, Robbie Ray is he has an opt out after this year, right? Indeed. Yeah. What so, is, so it's. I think it goes to show just how much this market is quite light, and top dogs aren't really what a lot of teams want to mm-hmm. give out. a long term commitment to. Which I'm, I think that's good for the Yankees because I think you're going to get them on a discount. Like I would give definitely. I would give Jordan Montgomery twenty five a year. Yeah, that would be my absolute max. I'd give him twenty. Yeah. I'd give him twenty five, twenty seven a year. Right. I think that you do. I that's fine for me. Mainly because it's one of those things of you know he could pitch in New York because he's shown it to you, and it's right. not like there was right. bad blood when he left. Like maybe with Cashman or whatever. But I saw a bunch of quotes where like they don't like. There's no bad blood between the two of them. Yeah. But yeah. that was one of my main concerns. But yeah. After the past week, I think you've seen yeah, those I, quotes, right? Like I, yeah, I think it, I probably overplayed it last episode. I don't, 
I could see what you mean, though, because I did think it was something. Now I'm going to try and find the quotes while I'm looking. But yeah. I definitely do agree with you in that sense of... um. I'm trying to I'm trying to say words. I don't Bro, think I took a screenshot. I didn't take screenshots. Um, anyways, ignore that. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, he was so loved in the clubhouse that I think that that's one of those like you could tell him that that 2022 team was on pace to set so many records. They traded Joe Montgomery, and I think immediately they went on 10, 12 game losing streak. Right. Right. So it's like obviously. It's not a one-to-one. You're not going to lose 12 games in a row because of a guy that plays one every five games. But right. But the clubhouse and how that affects Because yeah. everyone said in the clubhouse that they were kind of like shook by it or like taken yeah. taken by surprise. And like when you look back on it, why did you do that? Like right. that was I just, think chemistry is extremely undervalued. Especially in baseball, I think. Yeah. Just because being, it, in, it matters. being it matters. in that positive mindset, being in that groove – is so having those guys that you've known, you've grown up, or you've come through the system with, like Judge, Judge, Judge Montgomery, both came up in 2017. They both came up in the system together. They both were on a lot of the same teams in the minors. Right. So, right. Just knowing that you have that guy is huge. So it's definitely, definitely. Just overall helps the clubhouse, all that. You have anything else on those two? I do not. You don't? Okay. So on to the next two, which I, I kind of lump these two together. I think it's kind of fair. Um, oh, my God. Why, Corbin. I, I was like, why am I thinking Brian? But that's a player on the Panthers. Corbin Burns <laughs> and Dylan Cease are another two names that have come up in trade negotiations. Um, Burns, from what I've seen, it seems unlikely he's dealt this winter just because they have like such yeah. a high ask on him. And Dylan Cease, um, the Yankees and Orioles are seen as the front runners. But the thing is, the White Sox are asking for Spencer Jones, Hampton, and more. I'm not right. doing that. Yeah, absolutely insane. I and no. Yeah, I, I've been vocally not a fan of Cease, mm-hmm. or at least not as high as other people are. And for the White Sox wanting multiple, basically top ten prospects, mm. uh, no, I gotta I'm take. Good. Dylan Cease is a righty Blake Snell without Cy Youngs. Yeah, I can see that. So I mean, big strikeout stuff, walks the entire world and then some, and, and injury you know, concerns. Had a had a really good year, really bad year. Therefore, whoever has him next season, whether it be the White Sox or someone else, are in for a really good year from Dylan yeah. Cease. <laughs> I. I think that if it comes down to it, not a bidding war, but like a prospect bidding war between the Yankees and the Orioles, I don't see how the Yankees beat the Orioles. Definitely. I just, yeah. and I also, I'm sorry, but I don't, the Orioles have n- almost no excuse to not get Jordan Montgomery, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Or like a guy like that, because they need a top of the rotation guy so badly. Jordan Montgomery's That's averaged, I think, 180 innings in the last like couple of years in his career. Right. So. He is a guy that's going to give you innings. That's what the Orioles need. In that ballpark yeah. where you're shutting down lefties because he's a lefty, so lefties aren't going to hit better. And you have a wall that's 100 million right. feet out against righties. Right. So it's God like, forbid to get barreled. It's not going out. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't – I think the Orioles, like, they need to get a big starter. But that's – we're not an Orioles podcast. Right. Um, Out of these two, I would give anything for Corbin Burns. 
not anything because he's a one-year guy. But I think what happens with him is he gets dealt at a deadline. I think that's a guy the Yankees are going to go hard after at the deadline. I just think that the price is too high. I don't know what's going on with Dylan Cease. I think it's just one of those things yeah. that like they're kind of just like chilling there, waiting to see if the price yeah. comes down. Um, I think it also yeah. goes back to just Montgomery and Snell. This nobody, everyone's waiting on them to get signed, so then yeah. everyone could pivot. So if I'm the White Sox, I'm not really unless I get blown away. I'm not trading Cease until those two guys are off the board. Yeah. So I think it's just a bunch of the just teams are more desperate and just staring at each other until someone moves. And there's one man to blame for it all. Yes. Scott Morris. Anyways. Got it. You got anything else on them? Uh, I do not. All right. So then up to... Wait, did I forget to... No, I did not forget. I thought I did. Um, Let me just take you out. So a very... This is a guy that he's been... Um, words connected with for a while edwin cabrera they're saying that the marlins are the marlins have had interest in praza since he was like born like the second <laughs> he came out he came out they're like i want you that guy so yeah, yeah so they've had interest in him for a while i think it's very realistic that like praza gets shipped i just don't mm-hmm. he doesn't have a path to everyday playing time and he's one of those guys that like if you're not gonna when he got everyday playing time he was good He's not going to get everyday playing time, so you can't... It also is a value thing of you get so much more value out of trading him. I could see a Cabrera-Praza swap, something like that. Because Edwin Cabrera, for people that... Edward Cabrera, for people that don't know, is... He's a 25-year-old. He has five years of control left. Five years of control left. He had... So last year... He had a 4-2-4 ERA in 99 innings. Okay, not the best ERA. Yeah, yeah. He had a 3-7-7 expected ERA. So his ERA yeah. should have been lower. He had 118 strikeouts in 99 innings. Yeah, he's a big stri- he's a big uh, walk guy too. 54% right. ground ball percentage. What was I just saying about Cody Petit, who has two career seasons in baseball, and he's a 29-year-old pitcher. Sa- same thing can be said about Edward Cabrera, who's a 25-year-old pitcher who has electric stuff who was a hyped-up prospect. Right. And just coming from experience watching him, he's definitely a guy you can see the Yankees tinkering with mm-hmm. and getting his control uh, like more, I guess, precise. Because there was a couple games against the Mets where he just walked guy after guy after guy. But when he's on, when he has his sinker working, and I'm pretty sure he throws a slider, that sinker-slider Not action really. is... Really? Okay. Well, yeah, never mind. Yeah, I thought um, it said 8.2%, but it looked like a zero. I see. And it's funny you so, say that because those are his two fewest used pitches, but go on. Is By it? Far. I could have sworn he, I 30, I sworn he threw a sinker. Um, I don't know if this is just for this year, but 31 on the changeup, 27 on the fastball, 23 on the curveball, 9.5 on the sinker, 8.2 on the slider. Never mind then. I just can't identify pitches. I guess is I just called myself out there. <laughs> but fastball and I guess curveball, or it's probably the changeup that I'm thinking of. Mm. That either way, when he's on, he's a very good pitcher. I didn't even know this, but looking at his baseball savant, <laughs> there's a lot of red. 
Love that. There is, like, he's, let's see, 93rd percentile expected batting average, 86th percentile on fastball velo for a 96 mile an hour average, 76, 78th average exit, 70, words, 71 percentile chase percentage, 83 in whiff, 77th in K, one first percentile in walks. Um, wow. 68 barrel, 75 hard hit, 91% ground ball. That's just those numbers. Like, cause I was like doing my research and I was doing all the stuff on it and I did not expect red. Like I thought, okay, maybe like a couple, like maybe a couple blues, like the ground ball for sure. Maybe fastball velo. There's a lot of, the only thing that is lower than 63 percentile. And that's extension, by the way, I, I don't think that matters. I think it's one of those things of like it's by player for extension. It helps. It doesn't hurt, but it helps. But I'm saying like it doesn't necessarily it's not the end all be all. That's kind of what I'm saying. It's not a cause for concern. Yeah. The only thing below sixty three percent percentile is the walks. Which you can't get much lower than. But that's not entirely fixable because that just might be his game, but it's manageable, it and it, you, right, you could work on it, and there you go. And I will argue with that. Let me on walks not being fixable. Let me just give me one second to pull up some numbers. If my internet wants to load. Okay, let me. Okay, let's take Clay Holmes for example. Twenty eighteen, he was, it he wasn't qualified, but very lo- like blue, bright blue. In walks. 2019, second percentile in walks. 2020, not qualified, because I don't think he pitched that year. 2021, 28th percentile. And then 2022, he's traded to the Yankees at the deadline. 51st percentile, but I'm sure if you look at the, the half and half, going to be Blitz. significantly higher in percentiles right. with the Yankees. Right. And then For let's sure. look at 2023. 2023, he was 44, but he was hurt, stuff like that. Right. But he was a guy that went from, like, literally worst of the worst in the league in walk percentage to average. And I right. know 2022, when he came over, he was not walking guys whatsoever. Right. So, it, wait, was it 2022? Yeah. I think it was 21. Was it, no. let me, I could be on drugs. Give me a second. It was 21. I'm stupid. But... Still, his walks signif- got they went away. Not went away, but they became significantly lower. Yeah. So I think that is something to note. That like, yeah, they're not gonna be completely fixed, but they can come down a lot. Matt Blake, that right. is one of the things, like the Yankees are good at not walking guys, I wanna say. Yeah. For the most part. Like I I think they give up more outside of relievers, because relievers that's kinda like the MO, but when it comes to starters, I feel like they're really good at that. So, you got anything else on um, Edward Cabrera? I do not. You do not? Okay. You ready for this one? Not really. So, I hyped up a guy during our, when we were just like talking before we were recording that is, this is dumpster diving, but you may find gold with this guy. May. Oh boy. May. I'm emphasizing the May when I say oh, this. Oh, God. Kyle Freeland. Okay. So, American hero. 
Yeah, let's let's talk over the bat. So when you when you look mm. at his ERA, where, where do you start? His ERA is not good. Why is base okay? A four three nine when he first, okay that doesn't really matter. Actually, no, that does because he pitched twenty eight games. His rookie year, he had a four ten ERA. Twenty eighteen in thirty three games started, he had a two eight five ERA at Coors Field. Damn, what what happened in 2018? Everything, I was looking at his baseball savant, every bubble was red. Bright red on in 2018. 2019, a 6-7-3 ERA in 22 starts. 2020, he made 13 starts in 2020. It's kind of crazy. Considering it's a 60-game season. Because you would think yeah. 12 is. But damn, they were 4-3-3 yeah. ERA in that year. In 2021, he had a 4-3-3 ERA, 23 starts. 2022, 4-5-3, 31 starts. 5 ERA in 29 starts this year. Not a good ERA that much. Not not that good of an ERA. His contract is a little lengthy. He is he has at least three more years under contract. You're going to be paying him $15 million. So for a guy that's not good, that could be a bit of money. But the reason why... I am saying that this could possibly be good. Is that oh, one? Boy. Look at the market. What mm-hmm. is Giolito getting again? I forget. He's getting like nineteen million a year, right? Night like basically. Nineteen a little million, under twenty. Nineteen twenty million dollars a year for Lucas Giolito, who had I think dude, I saw a crazy number that he gave up like forty two home runs last year. Some, some, yeah, some, some I, like I, I absurd it was definitely over forty. But just some absurd number of him giving up like over forty home runs. And he got twenty million a year from a team that's trying to shed salary. You have another thing too, playing that course field. Everyone knows about the course field effect. Has literally nothing to play for playing at course field. Like they're just that's hell. Like I love I have family from Colorado. I love Colorado as a state. I root for the Colorado <laughs> teams to be good. They are not good. They, I came out of a baseball and football fan, so I know Avalanche. I don't know if they're good this year, but I know they won the Stanley Cup. Good. Was it last year or was it the year before? Like two years ago. Two, two years, years ago. Something like that. Yeah, but, but regardless. Regardless. He eats a lot of innings, too. When you look right. at the innings, 2017, 156. 2018, 202. 2019, 104. He only made 22 starts a year. 70 innings pitched in 2020. 2020, which is kind of crazy. So, um, in 2021, 120. 2022, 174. 2023, 155. So, he's going to eat a lot of innings for you. Have a lot of upside. That, or I don't want to say upside, but take him out of course. You never know. Right. And also, when you look at his contract, it's $15 million a year. The luxury tax number is under thirteen. It's I think twelve nine hundred, so a little lower. So because right. that's really the only number that matters. When you're the New York Yankees, the way that they're talking about money, the money itself isn't going to matter. But the more so the luxury tax number itself is what's going to be like oh, yeah, what sure. matters. And the part that I think is the most interesting: twenty nine percent sinker usage, twenty four percent slider. Matt Blake. Come on, on down. down. <laughs> that is the That's Matt Blake special. Sinker, slider. 
I didn't even I've see that a guy that needed Matt Blake. I did not see that until like last minute that that's what like his pitches were like. I was just doing the numbers. I was like, okay, yeah, this could be interesting because I saw like some buzz about it. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the sinker slider. I'm like, okay, this is the guy. Okay, <laughs> so again, this is very big dumpster diving, <laughs> but yeah. I think this has one of the, this has chance to be one of those moves that's like. This could be a very big move if it works out the right way. And I think... Definitely. <laughs> just, again... There, there's there's merit to it. There's I'm merit to it. splits. And 2023, he, I, really bad year all around. Yeah. So his splits were not good whatsoever. But in 2022, he had a 6 ERA in 16 games started at Coors. 15 games started away from Coors. 3.08 ERA. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't think he was all that and he, terrible. That was 174 in innings that year, too. Right. So there's, there might be some things to play with. 2021, 483 at home, 384 on the road. So. And there's a thing where, like, where hitters, when they leave cores, overall, they're a better hitter because. Mm-hmm. They, their road home road splits like kind of even out, but they also just see the ball more consistently the same way. I think the same right. thing you could apply to pitchers, where they're gonna throw right. the ball a lot more consistently. So I think, I think John Gray could be a good like comparison. Yeah, his his first year away from Coors was a little rocky. If I, ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> it was a little rocky from what I remember, and I think he got injured a few times. Mm. But this past year. Again, injured, but still really solid for the Rangers. Which doesn't so have anything to do with course. But, yeah, exactly. So I think it could just be like an adjustment mm-hmm. period kind of thing. But I think there's definitely mm-hmm. some merit there. I mean, it's a hitter, but you saw that with Arenado. Right. But, yeah, that's just... <laughs> I saw the name floating around. I was like, God, no. But then I actually like, did my own research on it, and it's like... right. Only going to be having 13 mil on the luxury tax. That's a good chance to bounce back. He has a history. He was also a first. He was the eighth overall pick in 2014. Right. All right. Interesting. Good find. Good find. And it's on for three more years, the contract would be. Then it would be a vested option in 2027. And then, yeah. But. Take notes. I can't Catherine. believe I just talked about that. Um, so that's all I have on Kyle Freeland and kind of like the Yankees overall. Before we get into New Year's resolutions, you got anything else? Uh, I do not. I do not. Very impressed with that that dive, but that was a last second thing too. <laughs> um, so number one for my New Year's resolution, and my one and two kind of go together. Okay. So, first off, stay healthy. Like, please. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm already seeing yeah, Stan. Like he's, like, you can look he, at pictures. He looks good. You look at pictures, like, yeah, he's lost muscle, but he looks a lot leaner. Like, a yeah. significant amount leaner and just doesn't look as, like, For clunky. Sure. You know what I no, mean? Like, he doesn't look like a Greek yeah. god anymore, but he looks like a baseball no. player. Right. Like, he's still... <laughs> which is what you're not. Instead of being Giancarlo Stan size, he's, like, what? Mike Trout size? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like you're a baseball player, you're not a you're not a power lifter, you're not in a bodybuilding competition. Right. So 
he looks a lot better overall. I think that's going to significantly help him. Yeah. Then you also got two guys in the rotation that could be huge pieces in the rotation if they stay healthy in Nestor and Rodon. Clark Schmidt could also be a very solid innings eater if he stays healthy. He was healthy last year, but in years past, he wasn't. Hopefully, you continue that stretch. If they could eliminate all concrete parts of stadiums, you wouldn't have missed Aaron Judge for two years, which completely... Not that they were going to do much, but they were at least competitive until he went down. Then I just completely right. shot Snow shot ball. themselves in the toe, and the season went down, <laughs> went down the tubes. So that is a big thing. Where it's just health. that Because look at Rizzo, one. too. He was top three first baseman in baseball before he got right. before he literally got CTE and became the worst ba- player in baseball. So right. please stay healthy. Please diagnose health, concussions health, health. the right way. And then, Drink your water and stretch. As I was saying, <laughs> it kind of like ties into it. Bounce back. Just okay. bounce back. A lot of people had down years, whether it be injuries, whether it be that, reset. You got Juan Soto. You you know there's going to be other moves. Everything I'm seeing is that saying they're going to have an active January. They already did. They signed their first player to a minor league deal um, in Cody Petit. Cody. And something just to note, too, Ian Hamilton was that same exact type of guy. He had about like a 2-8 ERA on the year, 2-6 ERA. I'm just, and he was one of the better relievers in baseball. These signings don't mean right. nothing. There's going to be yeah. one or two of these guys that actually contribute to your team. Right. But just bounce back. Please, for the love of God. I, I'm such a spoiled Yankee fan that an 82 win season makes me want to kill myself and rip my hair out. Um, Tell me about it. <laughs> and then third off, just. The th- actually, because this one is like my biggest one, so I'm going to go into my honorable oh. mention first. Oh, okay. Stop playing New York, New York after losses. It is the most oh. depressing <laughs> shit of all time. Do you know how bad it was walking out of Yankee Stadium, ALCS, Game 4, 2022, when they got swept by the Houston Astros, hearing, it's up to you, New York. It was so bad. Please, for the love of God, whoever thought that was a good idea, stop it. It should be a happy song. A happy song, not a depressing song. Please change that. <laughs> That's horrible. No, 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 I. It pisses me off so much. But then my, my number one, not my, my biggest New Year's resolution is just have that killer mentality. Because this sounds like corny to say, but like they lost all their juice for the last year and a half. They really haven't had that juice. And I think you're getting Juan Soto. You are going into the year healthy. For... If you can see my yeah, webcam really. moving, it's because I knocked on my <laughs> desk, which made a wood a million times. Just have that killer mentality. Have the, if we don't win, like we have to win every single game. Because look at what their division. They had one of the most, at least in the regular season, competitive. They had the most competitive division of baseball. Yeah. Like, what other divisions are you going to have a fourth place team that's positive? Yeah. So. Little. Yeah. They had one of the most, they had the most competitive division of baseball. You have to go into every game saying we have to win every series. We have to win. Play with your hair on fire or whatever. 
Because in other years, when they were good, it's because they had just, like, that energy of the kids, the kids. I think a lot of things are going to help that. I think that I didn't even talk about him in the bounce back, but Volpe, can you even say it's a bounce back? I would uh, no. I would just say improve. Have so a far, there's nothing to bounce back. Have a, have a bounce. Bounce up. Yeah, because like when you're bouncing <laughs> back, it's like it's here, but you throw it against the wall. It's not good against the wall, but it bounces off the wall and it bounces back. For improve. those watching on YouTube, you're getting a very nice de- demonstration. Bounce, Watch bounce, this on YouTube. Bounce improve. I think no. I think it just bounce a bounce. You want to bounce. Volpe, start bouncing. <laughs> start jiggling. Um... <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, but just, yes. I think that they got to play with fire. They got to play with passion. They got to play with a little jiggle. Um, just, please. Yes. No. Just, yes. That's all I just have. Yes. Just, yes. No, those are solid all mm. around. I mean, that's. The Yankees have a good core. They have a good group. Obviously, you add Juan Soto to that, and that just makes it even better. But a lot of the guys that you're kind of counting on have been here already. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, what you said is the best way to put it. You know, you're hoping for a bounce back from guys like Stanton and Rizzo. You're hoping for improvements from Volpe. Bounce back from Rodon, too. He's going to be huge. And, you know, you need Aaron Judge to be Aaron Judge. You need Juan Soto to be Juan Soto. The Yankees have a very good group. So just staying healthy and improving and, you know, playing to the back of your baseball card is what this team needs. Mm. That is the most Paulo or not. Is it Michael K? I I think that says that. I want to say it's Michael K. that says that a lot. It's one of the Yankees <laughs> booth. I can't remember who, but one of them just says it so much. I think it's Michael K. Um, anyways. Yeah. That's all I got if you want to take us away. Sure. Uh, Thank you for your New Year's resolutions for the Yankees. Hmm. So let's move on to Queens. What? Hey, everybody. Nick here with a quick uh, interjection with the episode. So before we recorded this, the Mets haven't made any moves as of Friday night. It is now Sunday where the Mets made a nice little 5 a.m. signing with left-handed pitcher Sean Manaya. So Sean Manaya, I actually talked about in the episode as a target of the Mets, and they end up signing him. So the Mets signed Sean Manaya for a two-year, $28 million contract. That is $14 million per year with an opt-out after the 2024 season. Sean Manaya is coming from San Francisco Giants, where he had a 4.44 ERA in over 117 innings pitched with the Giants. He had 37 appearances, only 10 starts. He was in that kind of hybrid role with the Giants. He had a rough start to the season, which led to him being bumped to the bullpen. But come the end of the season, he was making starts again. And that second half is really where he had the best numbers of the year. In that second half, he had a 3.43 ERA, which looks a lot better than his total stats. And I'm sure everyone's heard of it by now already. But this has a lot to do, or at least there is some thought behind this, that it happens because of his new sweeper that he added to his arsenal. So he added that sweeper on May 30th. And from that point, 
he had a 3.6 ERA for the rest of the season. And that sweeper has a plus three run value, meaning it's better than the average sweeper. And he seemed to really lean on it for the remainder of the season. His fastball velocity is also shot up last year from an average of 91.3 in 2022 to 93.6 in 2023. He topped out at 97 miles an hour, but a lot of question marks come from this, whether this is from, you know, new mechanics or is it because of the short relief appearances that he had throughout the year. So that will be something to look for in spring training, but still, uh, obviously a faster fastball, would help Manaya a lot more. So hopefully that isn't just a outlier and he can still have some in the tank. Averaging about 94 miles an hour on the fastball would be a lot of help. But uh, Manaya, out of the last few pitchers on the market, besides the top guys we've talked about, Manaya was probably my number one pick. He, I think, brings the most upside Besides guys like Hunjing Ryu and James Paxton and Shota Imanaga, Manayo had that combination of short-term contract with high upside, and I think that's why the Mets jumped in on him. So I think he brings a lot of flexibility to the rotation because he has done that relief role with the Giants. So say a Mike Vassell or a Christian Scott is ready sometime down the road, you know, Adrian Hauser or Sean Manaya can get bumped down to the bullpen and then they can see what they have in the kids and take it from there. But I really like the signing. I think Manaya has a lot of upside. And as of right now, it looks like the rotation for the New York Mets is finished with Sean Manaya being the last piece. But without further ado, enjoy the rest of the episode. Now entering Queens. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Queens and a happy new year to everybody once again. For the Mets side of things, not a ton, but definitely something I wasn't expecting. Definitely some irony, of course, <laughs> which the Mets love to do. I was for giggling. me. But, of course, what I am insinuating or pointing towards is, of course, Harrison Bader and the New York Mets have agreed on a one-year $10.5 million deal for the 2024 season. My honest reaction. Now. (laughs) (laughs) Now. I don't want to say I talked bad about Bader. But I was not on Bader. (laughs) As say you were. Of course, Bader spent last year with mostly the Yankees and what two weeks with the Reds. Start running, start walking back on all those things. He's like, keep going. No, no, no. Bader is not anything special with his bat. I know that, but there are some points that do intrigue me, which I will get into a little bit later in my New Year's resolution. But again, one year deal. Ten point five million dollars. That is not bench money. It's not Before bench I money. saw the deal or the money, I was like, okay, 
Bader's your fourth outfielder. $10.5 million. I'm 99% sure Kevin Kiermaier got the same exact deal from the Blue Jays. And as far as I'm concerned, Kiermaier is the Blue Jays' starting center fielder. Ten and a half, yeah. Ten and a half, right. So Literally the same exact one year, ten and a half. Interesting. So... I guess Bader's your center fielder on most days. And and that's not a bad thing. I was going to say, I don't he, think that's it, a bad thing. Right. At the very least, what you're getting from Harrison Bader is elite defense. And I, when I mean elite, I mean top-of-the-line center field like defense. top three outfield defense in baseball. Right. He has been 90th percentile and above for all of his qualified seasons, I believe dating back to 2017, mm. or might be 2018, his first full season. But he has been 90th percentile and up on outs above average every season. And and that's including you know 95th percentile. I believe he was like 98th percentile at one point. So you're getting some elite defense from Harrison Bader in center field. Obviously... This isn't a flashy move, and this is a defense-first move, which David Stearns has expressed interest in. Mm-hmm. Whenever he talked about you know, free agents, he talked about run prevention. Obviously, run prevention, you know, pitching and defense is really what that includes. Not giving up runs, and then good defense behind you to stop from giving up those runs. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what this signing is and encapsulates that entire, I guess, mindset. I I will. Can I say something? Go ahead. Yeah. I feel like this, like, he fits the Mets, I think, like, really well. He's Mm -hmm. a guy from New York, loves the area. He He's a very, like, you'll love the person, Harrison Bader. Great guy. Oh, absolutely. You're going to love the person, Harrison Bader. I think that that kind of like elite defense, you know that when he's healthy, he's going to be an incredible defender no matter what. The issue is obviously the health, um, which you were talking about so much this time last year about the health of Harrison Bader. Um, And I still will. I still will. (laughs) He's not a healthy person. (laughs) He eats so much junk food. He goes to Burger King every single day. Anyways, he gets the Whopper and the Whopper. <laughs> he gets a junior, double like, Whopper, man. Whopper, Whopper, <laughs> BK Whopper. Um, but no. where was I going with this? No, he's his bat's gonna drive you crazy. But then there'll be points where like he is just scorched earth for a week, right. and then right. nothing. That's it. <laughs> but I think it's kind of like he fits a lot of kind of what the Mets have, kind of like that mm-hmm. speed, kind of like. When you get him on the bases, he's going to go kind of like that hit and run kind of right. all that. But I think that his value is more what he does for everyone else. Where okay. I think that just – because Nimmo was pretty healthy last year, right? Yeah. Past two years. Past two years, good. he's been pretty healthy. But that's two years. And that's coming off right. a lengthy injury history of like – it's a thing of, yeah, he's an incredible center fielder. 
but you will kind of want to keep him off his feet, especially on six more right. years left or seven more years left on that contract yeah. where it's like, yeah, he gets still play center, but it's almost thing. Do you really want to play him in center field every single day? Right. right. So it's just having a guy that, you know, was an elite defender and right. all things considered, it's especially for the Mets one year deal. It's not that much money. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's like, good. I think, I think it's a good move. Like w- jokes aside, all that, like yeah. messing with you. I think it's a really good move. Yeah, I was confused for the most part when I first saw it because I saw fun- Tyrone Taylor. I just, Go ahead. Yeah. It's funny because a couple hours before yeah. the move happened, literally. I, I literally. texted Nick and I said, I can't wait for the Harrison Bader move to kick off the offseason. And then a couple right. hours later, he signs with the Mets. And... Right. I, he, saw, he signs with the one like, well, <laughs> well Bader signed. <laughs> but, I was climbing. No, I, I think... was giggling. Sorry. Oh my god! But I was confused because I th- I saw Tyrone Taylor more as that fourth outfielder, so I was like, "All right, Harrison Bader, another fourth outfielder, weird." But again, this money tells me he is your starting center fielder for most days, and Tyrone Taylor will be that fourth outfielder. He also does have options, so they do have some flexibility there. But yeah, like you said, you can move Nimmo to left field, which will is a lot less taxing than center field. You know, Marte, who is starting to play in the Dominican Winter League, you don't know what you're going to get from him. He's a question mark right now. So Bader, although he doesn't have a great uh, health history, he gives you a little bit of a fallback if Marte does go down because you still have Nimon left, Bader in center, and then you can play Tyrone Taylor in right, which he's played a lot with uh, Milwaukee. So that kind of keeps everyone in check and gives you just more flexibility there. But, yeah, uh, Harrison Bader is a New York Met, and I can't wait for him to regrow his hair. I, I was thinking about that when you were talking about him being a man. I'm like, okay, so he's not going to have to shave. He's not going to have a small hair. I'm curious what it's going to look like right. again. Right. Kind of the I can't wait for the flow to be back. He got nerfed. He did, literally. That that was the source of his power. But uh, that's all I got on Bader if you wanted to add anything else. No, nothing much more to add. I was just looking at like some numbers, but like right. no, nothing yeah. that really I, stands out. Right. I got a little bit more on him in my New Year resolutions, but we'll get to that. Gotcha. And then, of course, your pitching update. Who are the Mets looking in? Who are the Mets linked to? So on and so forth. So this past week, they are officially linked to guys like Hunjing Ryu, Shawmanaya, Shota Imanaga, and most interestingly, which just came out this afternoon, they have contacted the White Sox about Dylan Cease. So Sherman, I've talked right? about, I, yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure that was Sherman. I've talked about basically all these guys already. You know, I think Shawmanaya is the most interesting out of this group. And he's probably my top on the top of my list out of this group. But Hunting Ryu coming off of a really injured tenure uh, with Toronto, he's a guy who's just, you know, hoping for a bounce back season. So he's looking for that one year deal. Sean Manaya, he'll probably get two years if I were to guess. Uh, Imanaga, he's probably looked, I've seen a lot. About you know five years, a hundred mil. Nick, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, 
Well, let me. I'm so bless sorry. You, but let me let me cut in here really quick. And I hope every single sorry. one of you listening said "bless you." By the way, if you didn't, you're a horrible person. You don't like Nick. Tweet at us that you said "bless." Tweet you. at us, Nick. Uh-huh. Shamanaya, ninety sixth yeah. percentile in extension last year. He's he's a winner. He's a winner. He's it. That's the one. <laughs> That's the one. Because if he, if you could just hand the ball, if you could literally just give it to the catcher, the Randy Johnson right. special. Yeah, he wasn't just, good. He was just tall. Yeah, exactly. I'll say that Listen, to his if face. I, if no, I, I was seven foot, I'd be playing the MLB right now. Whoa, 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 whoa! Stop running. Six eleven. Come on. <laughs> but I digress. And then, of course, Dylan Cease, who we talked about a little bit on the Bronx. Interesting. I didn't think the Mets were going to be yeah. linked to him. He's the Mets are obviously not the favorites whatsoever. No. I think this is just a due diligence thing. They're probably not really interested in a lot of the free agent arms, so they're looking wherever they could for pitching. Mm-hmm. And they also just don't have the prospect capital for it. That's what I was going to say. I don't say. think. I think you have the prospect capital to do it, but then you have none. Nothing. Like it's a right. thing that's of like a, if you're just getting gonna him, you're gonna have your gut. Like with the Yankees, they could do it and still have some farm. No, no. no. If you're the Mets, you're gutting you're the your farm, farm system, right. and that's just not where they are right now. And I don't right. Cease isn't a needle mover. Not even cl- like for a team like the Mets, it's not even close. You still need so yeah. much more. He can't pitch every yeah. day. Right. Right. Or every other so, day with Senga being the other one. Right. So I don't see this as a big possibility. Again, you're gonna have to give up guys like Jet Williams, maybe a Kevin Parada, a Mike Vassell, stuff like that. And I'm sure the White Sox want pitching in return. The Mets don't have a ton of elite pitching they have good pitching personally i think in the minors but i don't i don't see that like top of the line front starter projected type guy and i'm sure that's what the white Sox want in return so i don't see cease as a real possibility uh imanaga another guy who i don't really see just because of years i don't really think he fits the window i've been seeing but, he, was getting, he wants like 200 plus yeah yeah, absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. There's way too the, many in, concerns with yeah. him for 200 plus. The interesting thing about him is his signing window is over in a little less than a week. Oh, really? He has to sign by January 11th. And by sign, I mean pen and paper yeah. to a contract. Not agreed to a deal official. like official, yeah. Medicals. Right. Yeah, all that good stuff. So yes, sign within the next couple of days, or like agree with the team within the next like two or three days. Then. Right, like by the weekend, I would think. Yeah, he by needs Monday. to have a deal in place. But yeah, so I, again, I think because you said the eleventh, right? I did. Yeah, yeah. okay. I think Shawmanai makes the most sense out of this group of pitchers, but again, the Mets are just building a team of spare parts at this point. That's this is just what the offseason is, and not necessarily a bad thing. But I do think with the way the starting pitching market is and the signing of Harrison Bader, that does put more pressure on them to signing a real DH. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's still guys out there, Soler, uh, J.D. Martinez, Justin Turner, who can fit that role. Because if you're sacrificing a bat with Harrison Bader, you need a good bat at the DH yeah. position. Yeah, I would say, I don't know how much you, I would say sacrificing, 
a bat just because he's like I think it's gonna be a thing like yeah he's gonna be like a every other day center fielder like it'll probably come out to a thing of him being about like eighty games so I don't think that's necessarily sacrificing a bat okay but you kind of get what I mean yeah so I, yeah but I get what yeah. you I get what you mean of like you're not getting that upside which like you will right. for a week but then every sure. time else you won't and I don't. Right. I think J.D. Martinez would be a good fit, but correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he take less money to go to the Dodgers last year because he wanted to win? I believe so. So that's, like, another I thing where so. it's, like... That's the one thing. That's the issue. If he wants to win, uh, he's not... Because he's gotten his money. And right. I feel like throughout yeah. his career, he's only really played for, like, winners. Or, like, right. got onto team. Like, whenever he could, he got onto teams when he could, like, win. Because, like, For let's sure. look at it now. Um, he, like, got he got traded out of Houston when Houston was still in the NL. Um, played with Detroit when they were having, like, their really good years. Then he went to Arizona at the deadline in 2017. Then he went to Boston when Boston was really good. Right. Then Boston started sucking. Then he goes to L.A. He's also right. 35, turning 36 years old. Or he's 36 right now. So, right. I just... Is good of a fit. I just don't think that it's almost like Yamamoto, where I just don't think the player wants it. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I think so as well. So he's probably not the best option. Well, he is the best option, but he's not mm. more more realistic, reasonable, realistic option. But I think if you do get him, that's a great piece to ship that's off great. at the deadline. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but that's all I got for you know you little updates, little free agent updates. So, before I get into the New Year resolutions, you got anything to add? Um, no, I kind of just, like, cut you off and said everything I wanted to say. Fair enough. So, nothing's changed. Yeah. So, going to the New Year, re- New Year resolutions for the Mets. Shut up. <laughs> he has, sorry, sorry, one last. J.D. Martinez is a 30 war as a DH. Kind of impressive. Go on. The first and foremost. It. Left-handed pitching. Since 2021, the Mets are ranked 19th in WRC Plus against left-handed pitching at 99. That is a 707 OPS. In contrast, in that same time span, the Mets are 7th in WRC Plus against right-handed pitching. I think you said that wrong, by the way. Did I? I think you said get left-handed pitching. I said hit. Oh, okay. I must. Okay. Open your ears. Yeah, I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry. I but, was like trying to like understand what you're saying. I was like, huh? But go on. Man. So the Mets, uh, in that same time span, 2021 till now, have a 105 WRC plus against right-handed pitching for a 732 OPS. So obviously the Mets, especially if you watch them, it's a very hard watch against left-handed pitchers. They are just a mess against left-handed pitching. And they need to start hitting because if they are even slightly above average against them on a per game basis, that's, you know, a couple wins here or there. Like when you're at the point where the Mets are going to the season, it's the small things that are going to catch up with you that you need to do right to be able to win the most games. Mm. So, so far, what did they do? Harrison Bader, to my surprise, has a career 
121 WRC plus against left-handed pitching. That's going to make my year. If you actually like have to like cheer for Harrison Bader and talk, talk him up, that is going to make me so happy. It's just, it's Tommy Pham all over again. <laughs> but it's but different listen, because you weren't. It is. It's so different. Because I liked Harrison Bader as the person. I just didn't think he was this great bat that you saw in the 2022 postseason. So now, of course, he's going to turn into that for the Mets, so I have to just glaze mm-hmm. over him the entire time. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Harrison Bader is really good against lefties. That's probably what the Mets saw on him when looking at him as well. That's probably why they didn't go after someone like Kevin Kiermaier because he's a lefty. Tyrone Taylor, who was brought in with the Hauser trade with Milwaukee, 104 WRC plus against lefties. Not great, but again, the team had a 99 WRC plus against lefties. So he is five points better against lefties than the team was as a whole. And of course, there's still some free agents available who do hit lefties. Left, lefties. Of course, as I mentioned, basically all of them, Jorge Soler is still out there. 129 against lefties. This is all WRC plus, by the way. Teoscar Hernandez, who looks a lot less likely. Is this likely career or last year? His career. Okay. Teoscar Hernandez looks a lot less likely now that you signed Bader because he could play outfield. Uh, I don't think he's probably looking for a full-time DH role, but regardless, 136 WRC plus against lefties. Aforementioned J.D. Martinez, 151 against lefties, and Justin Turner has a 125 WRC plus against lefties. So there's guys out there that they could realistically sign that will help this team against left-handed pitching. Can I, can I say something real quick? Yeah, just go on Teoscar Hernandez. This is he's 31 years old. This kind of gonna this is gonna be his contract. This is where he's gonna make the big bucks that he's gonna make in his career. He is ranked in the 67th percentile as an outfielder for fielding. He is an 88 arm and 57 range or outs above average. I don't think he's going to just diminish his value and like just go become a full-time DH. Just like add to your point. Yeah, exactly. Just like I think yeah. he has way too much value to be a full-time DH. Definitely, definitely. So you can probably count out Hernandez, but I think Soler still possibly – out of JD and Justin Turner, I would want Soler the most, but he's probably the third most likely. I but would say JD JD's Mar- more unlikely. Fair enough. But JD is probably the guy you do want to hit against lefties, so you will probably end up with Justin Turner, which isn't a bad thing. Which I get, I've talked about him saying that he could help Beatty, which is crazy to say. And he can still help you at DH and play third base and all that. So there's still options out there. And, of course, you can always hope that Mark Vientos figures it out. But he doesn't have that track record. That's why I didn't really speak about him. So that's resolution number one. Resolution number two. Develop consistent pitching. Keyword is consistent. I'm not saying that they need to... You know, pump out DeGrom after DeGrom after DeGrom. Their current projected rotation has one homegrown pitcher in it, which is Tyler McGill. If David Peterson didn't get hurt, it's probably David Peterson. But one homegrown pitcher. 
because it's Kodai Senga, who you signed for agency, Jose Quintana, Luis Severino, Adrian Hauser. Joey Lucchesi, you got from the Padres. Yes, you got from the Padres. And then, you know, you got guys like Jose Buto who could mix in a little bit. But... You got him from the Padres in 2020. Right, okay. But then, again, there's not a lot of homegrown talent in that pitching department. And the bullpen has zero homegrown pitching. There are some options that are homegrown, like Grant Hartwig, Nate Lavender, Bryce Montes de Oka, guys who were drafted by the Mets. Yes? All right, guys. You just figured out our game, so you're going to have to tweet at us. Half those names were made up. You're going to have to guess the half that were. Wrong. (laughs) But there are some low-end options, I would call them, for the bullpen. But as of right now, the projected bullpen has zero homegrown pitching. And the last starter that they really, I would say, developed, David Peterson, you can argue. But again, consistent. David Peterson has not been consistent. So is the last guy, like, Zach Wheeler? You know, Steven Matz didn't really pan out. Of course, Jacob deGrom was phenomenal, Noah Syndergaard. But, like, you're going back almost a decade now. DeGrom came up in 2014. It is now 2025. Nope, 2024. So you have to go back almost a decade to find consistent pitching developed by the Mets. Hmm. So there are prospects on the way. In AAA, you have Mike Vassell, you have Dominic Campbell, and you have Christian Scott. All guys who could maybe find their way in the majors this year. Guys in Double-A, Blades Hidwell, Tyler Stewart. So there are prospects on the way. A lot of hype around these guys, especially guys like Christian Scott, who had a fantastic year last year and was a really quick riser and really just opened a lot of eyes. So there's options. But it has to be a continuation of progress. Because, yes, they're doing good in the minors, but once they reach the majors, they need to continue that. So, again, resolution number two, develop consistent pitching. Yeah, definitely. Would you like to add anything to that? I was, like, doing a deep dive on the Yankees, kind of like the way you were saying about, like, homegrown. I will say that's kind of like, it is, yes, but it's also tough to do that. Yeah, for sure. Because, like, you look at the Yankees' rotation, Garrett Cole, Clark Schmidt, Domingo Herman, Joni Brito, Luis Severino, Carlos Rodon. Severino, Brito, and maybe Schmidt were homegrown. I want to say Schmidt's homegrown. So you had three three out of those six weren't. And then you're looking at a lot of their bullpen. Clay Holmes, Michael King, Albert Abreu, Wandy Peralta, and Ron Marinaccio. I don't know about Albert Abreu, but only Marinaccio on that list is homegrown. King they got in a right. trade with the Marlins when he was still a prospect. So I will say, right. yeah, but it also is. It's tough. No one's fully homegrown, I feel. Like, yeah, I feel of like course. it's very rare for guys to be fully homegrown. Of course. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I probably should have said this before I started rambling. But when I say homegrown, I'm also including guys who you traded for as prospects that kind of rose up through your system. Gotcha. Okay. So but, Michael King. Right. So, I yeah, I would count Michael King as homegrown. Okay. 
So you would count the micro mall. Okay, gotcha. Right. So my entire point is more so on a sustainability basis. Yeah. And obviously a money basis. Because if you have, you know, if your fourth and fifth starters are homegrown, fourth and fifth, look what they're going for now. 13 mil, 15 mil, 10 mil. And that's cheap. You have, that's like, right. that's cheap for the market today. Lucas Giolito got 38 million after giving up the most home runs of baseball by far. Right. Right. And then you, if you have guys on, you know, major league minimum for a few years, that's huge. So that's just, it goes into the sustainability that they want to build, but it starts with pitching. Yeah, definitely. And, Last but not least, which I think is, I, I somehow did this the same way you did. The last one being my most important. But one. you said like one, two, three, and then you realized what you did. Right. You're like, wait. Oh well. Yeah. The New York Mets need to find an identity. Who are the Mets? Who do you want to be? David Stearns is the new face in charge. How does he want to build this team? What does he want this team to be? Because you look at teams like the Dodgers, sustainable winners, the Astros for the past half decade, decade almost. I'd say more, I'd say more decade. Right. Sustainable winners. The Yankees, sure, they struggled last year, but still. Their worst season. They're the New York Yankees. The worst season in like over 10 years was an 82-win season. Right. Who are the Mets? Of course. Let's meet yes. them. Meet the Mets. Right. Everyone likes to point and laugh at the Mets. You know, low Mets. It's always the Mets. Mets things. It's all about the Mets, So on and so forth. But they need to find who they are as a team and who they are as a brand. Again, bringing in David Stearns is, I think, part one of that to build that sustainable winner. So this year is step one because you're not signing star free agents. You're taking gap year or whatever you want to call it you need to see what you have in your kids in your brett Beatty, your francisco alvarez mark vientos and maybe a few of the pitchers i mentioned you need to see what they have so you can move on into 2025 knowing where you need to improve without a doubt you could not sound it was hard for you to sound more like a hipster when you said gap year like you sound like you believe in crystals and want to travel europe Oh my god. <laughs> they need to really find themselves. You know? Sorry, that's just that's all but, I could think about when you said that. No. But yeah, I think the Mets just need to figure out who they are as a team. Who do you want to be? You you don't you need to become a destination for free agents. Because it's hard to attract free agents when You got New you York this. big market, but then you could just say go to the Yankees because of the history. Right. You need to build that history. And yes, the Mets have some really fun teams in the past. 69 Mets, great story. 86 Mets, fantastic story. Obviously, the Yankees have a longer history. For each one you can show for the Mets, you can show 10 for the Yankees. Right. So the Mets need to find an identity and start building a new one that can then be not only an attraction for free agents, but for fans around the world. Because that is something I'm sure Steve Cohen would like the Mets to become. Yeah. But that was my New Year resolutions for the Mets. Justin, anything to add? I got nothing. You got nothing. 
He has nothing. But yeah, that's all I had. Matt uh, again. Huh? Go on. But again, happy new year to everyone. Uh thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you soon. Hopefully the market heats up. Hopefully we need to do an episode a lot sooner because the Yankees and Mets are, you know, making big moves. I feel them a big January. Feeling a big January. I too. I too. But, you know, baseball is a little more than a month away. So That's crazy. It's almost time. That's crazy. It's almost time. But again, keep up to date with us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, all under the Triborough Podcast. Of course, subscribe to us on YouTube. And that's it. Oh, I thought you were going to say everything else, so I was going to go YouTube, Spotify, Twitter, oh. Instagram. Uh. Anyways, <laughs> go on. No, no, it's fine. Go on. Go on. It's all good. But uh, again, thank you guys, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye.